Hey everyone, my name is Phil. I'm one of the trainers here at High Five. I'm going to be um, interviewing several members of the High Five staff, learning a little bit about their past and getting a bit of background knowledge on them as people. So to begin, I think it best to give the listeners a quick intro to who I am here with today and also what their role here is at High Five. So, uh, Rich, over to you. <laughs> we were going to get a horn. Hi, I'm Rich Keegan. I'm High Five's newest trainer. Rich, what were you doing before you worked at High Five? I have been a longtime physical education teacher in the public schools and and also was a uh, challenge course manager and facilitator at Rimbrook Summer Adventure. And I did that for 18 years. And even when I was teaching PE, my focus had always been on how to get students to work better together through adventure education. So that, that that's kind of been my initial path. And also... Um, have been around long enough to have been trained by High Five. Uh, it's just when it got going in uh, 1999, and have been here for numerous trainings over many years. When was the when was the year that you had your first training here at High Five? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess somewhere like 2004, maybe. So early on in the days of High Five. Yeah, early on, and been to the symposium every year. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's been a long association. And you had, I believe, done stuff with Project Adventure before then, or somewhere in the middle? Well, if we're going to go, yeah. I mean, I I did my uh, seventh year, which is kind of um, the last level that you of credits you can take in a in a public school setting, and that was all in adventure education through Project Adventure. Did a few courses here, and then uh, got my what's called my seventh year degree in adventure education from Plymouth State. But it was all through High Five programs as well as Project Adventure. Awesome. Thank you. The I've gone to our next question. There's a psychiatrist and founder of the National Institute for Play, um, Dr. Stuart Brown, who in his work often refers to a person's play history, how play was or wasn't present in their childhood and its subsequent influence on a person's life. Um, with the adventure industry in mind, can you think back on possibly your earliest memory, maybe of childhood, that you think now adventure education had an influence on you? Yeah, well, I, my, I'm a baby boomer. For those, I'm, I'm 61 years old, so my father's a World War II veteran, and obviously, when those men came back from World War II in the United States, people were having families and large families. So in the neighborhood I grew up in, there were just kids running all over the place. So when we got back from school, it was basically open up the door, kids go out and play for two or three hours, don't come back till dinner. So I, I think that that's a big part of um, my experience with play was we would go out with five or six, maybe 10 kids and go out and create all these different games, play throughout the afternoon and come back home for dinner. As you, as you also consider the, you know, like your childhood and the path of adventure and then also your influences through, you said, Project Adventure and then also High Five. Do you think if there's one person that had an influence, almost like a mentor kind of person who maybe had an influence on you, your introduction to adventure in education as an actual viable field, because often, you know, people, as you said, you sort of experience in childhood, but not necessarily have, have been able to identify and name it as this is adventure education. But thinking about an individual who may have, like, inspired you. Yeah, there's a person, Doug Cranfin, who um, 
built the challenge course at Rembrook Summer Adventure back in the early 80s with Nikki Hall. And when I came out of a training from Project Adventure um, and I got the job at Rembrook Summer Adventure, I didn't know anybody, but I met this guy, Doug Cranfin. I didn't realize he built the course and, and was very close friends with Carl Ronke and uh, had a very playful nature and is probably the best educator I've ever been around. So you have to, that combination of being a fabulous teacher, but also uh, having a real playful nature. And there's one quick story. It's, yeah. I'm going to say my first summer. Someone freezes on top of an element called the tired two line, mm -hmm. which are those two cables that run across and the participants have to slide their feet across. And she froze up there, typical end of the day. And I'm, we're trying to talk her down and, and get her to come down because things are running late and for all the obvious reasons. And Doug's there watching what I'm doing. And nothing, none of the typical things were working, but there was a a, a box of juice underneath the climb. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where it was like, hey, you know, Sally, you got to come down from here because I'm getting really thirsty. It's close to me. I think I'm going to drink this juice box. And that seemed to work. She's like, you're not going to do that. I said, well, it's, it's right here. I'll, I'll, I'll have the juice box. But a long story short, that's what got her down. And Doug came over to me and said, I think you got a future in this. So oh, that's, that's awesome. Of, that sort of leads me into a, a, part, a question I hadn't had written down, but I often ask it in a Beyond Basics workshop to individuals who have been in the field for a while. There's also there's this notion sometimes of uh, um, infallibility to a certain degree. When you become quote-unquote experts in the field, assumptions are that you never made mistakes. Well, the reality is, you know, we all made mistakes. Oh um, so is there, a, is there a time that you can think doing adventure ed, it could be tech-related or it could just be running an activity with a group. Is there a moment that you can think of that is like, wow, that was a mistake, but I'm able to learn from it? Almost like a close call. Um, I, there's been so many of them. It's... Uh, in, in terms of, I always feel like I make mistakes and it's how I rebound from them or learn from them on the fly really makes a difference. Um, in terms of, well, I, this is, I, you could call this adventure, but the first thing that came to my mind was it was really pushing my comfort zone at the high school level to teach ballroom dance. Oh, wow. So um, here's an example of I'm working with another teacher and we do this move that you have to kind of step to the side. It was like something out of uh, Saturday Night Live. And my pants ripped right in the seam from top <laughs> to bottom. The class went wild. No doubt. It just kept on yeah. going. Yeah. And uh, luckily, the pants were appropriate. But that's an example of, of something that you, did, uh, what you can consider a huge mistake and something that happened. Um, and you just kind of have to go with the flow, keep a sense of humor. And then I didn't wear those pants again. <laughs> Yeah, they were torn. Yeah, well, or any <laughs> inseam like that. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you, one. it's got to be 15 years later. My sister-in-law is a clinique rep mm -hmm. at a local department store. And she meets these two, you know, 20-somethings. And she's doing the chit-chat and saying, hey, where are you from? I'm from Simsbury. Oh, yeah. I have a, uh, my brother-in-law works in Simsbury. He's a PE teacher. And sure enough, both those girls had been in that class and shared shared with my sister-in-law. Oh yeah, Mr. Keegan, he's the guy that his pants split right in the middle of this dance move. So it lives on forever. I don't know why I needed to you're, tell you that, but I did. You're immortalized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it stuck with you and it stuck with everyone else. Next question I'm gonna ask you, Rich, is 
considering like the path that, of where you started, like how did you even end up here at High Five? I often get the question from students, particularly when I'm doing trainings of like, wow, how do you end up working for a company like High Five? And the, and the reality is I think everyone's story is very different. There isn't a set path to end up here at High Five, but I think it would be really helpful for people to hear how you specifically ended up working here at High Five. Um, well, the, the short term I was, this had, uh, uh, being a facilitator for high five had always been a bucket list job for me. I mean, it, it, had always been a goal. Um, didn't necessarily think I was going to be able to do that being a long time physical education teacher and all the responsibilities that go along with that and my, and, and having a young family. But when this last position came available, Phil, you gave me a call and I was flattered that you'd that high five and you even considered me to be a facilitator here. And um, as luck would have it, um, I w it was offered and I was able to t take the position. And it's just uh, an absolute dream come true. It's more fun than I could ever have thought. And you did contract work for us, right? Yeah, that's yeah. yeah I forgot. I did contract work for three or four years, yeah. something like that. So got a good feel for uh, what really goes on beyond going to numerous workshops and symposiums here. So the contract work is, uh, was really helpful on all sorts of different levels. So finally, I'm going to ask uh, you some questions that you you should try to attempt to answer without thinking too much. Quick fire round. That's easy for me not <laughs> to think too much, Phil, let me tell you. Lightning round. First one, name a movie you enjoyed as a child. The Great Escape. That's a movie, uh, it's a war movie about, uh, it's based on a true story. Name a song you have sung at least twice out loud in a car. <laughs> um, that, that, uh, singing out loud twice in a car. I'm not going to do that here because you, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the Beatles song, Let It Be. Name your favorite side dish. Oh, mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Throw gravy on there. Any way the gravy gets there, I'm, I don't have to be a pool person. Just mashed potatoes and gravy. So this is interesting for people listening. We had lunch today and I revealed to Rich that I don't, I'm not a massive fan of French fries. Like, I don't choose them. Often you get French fries as a choice with mashed potato being another choice as a side dish and you, you've opted for mashed potatoes, so I appreciate it. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm still with struggling me. with that. You're not liking French fries quite as much. I think I'm I would okay with it. I, I think I would choose the mash, so we're on the same page. If you had to live the remainder of your life as an mm -hmm. animated character... Mm -hmm. Who would it be? Uh, well, my all-time favorite animated character or in a movie was uh, the genie in Aladdin with Robin Williams. So yeah. if, I, if I could be, if I could be a, that character, that would be. Uh, what is your favorite dinosaur? Uh, I'm going to say a T-Rex because they scare the living heck out of me. And uh, I, whatever that Jurassic Park, I saw the... The latest one, and that still just scares me. So, Rich, this is a question from um, workshops. I often bring this up in an Adventure Basics, but I, and it's very serious, so get your mind around this one. Um, <laughs> oh, would you rather fight 100 horses that are the size of a duck or <laughs> one duck that is the size of a horse? Oh, <laughs> I think I'd take on the horses that are the size of a duck. Rationale, why? Um, 
I don't know. I think a horse is being really large, so the thought of them being really small, I think I got a chance. That's a power piece for you. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. A hundred of them. I'm thinking of kicking them, too, for some reason. I have no way, no way then, to survive and just kick them all over the place. You wouldn't believe the number of people who want to kick horses <laughs> from asking this question. All right, so uh, you chose the horses because you kick them. If you were to be stranded on an island, you're in a shipwreck, stranded on an island, and... You were fortunate enough to be able to bring one piece of music with you. Now, this would be music that you would, the only music you'd be, ever be able to listen to. You do have a device to listen to it with, but you're stuck with this one piece of music. It could be a, it could be a whole album or it could be a couple of songs, but that's for the rest of your life you're going to listen to those. What would that piece of music be? Or who would it be? What or artist? who would it be? Absolutely. Holy moly. You got me there. Believe it or not, I'm going to say some sort of classical music. And I am not a classical music person. Just that I would think it would be very relaxing. Don't, I'm not, I could not tell you who that classical, <laughs> what yeah. that classical piece yeah. would be. Otherwise, it'd have to be Beyonce. Anything with Beyonce would be great. <laughs> Classic Beyonce. Awesome. Uh, what is a job you would like me to have? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think of that show, Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs. Um, <laughs> you want to put me in a dirty job? Yeah, because you have a sense of humor. You go with it. Like, I think I remember one episode, he was cleaning the inside of, um, I want to say, some sort of oil tanker. Um, and, I, and you could handle anything. You're that awesome. So I'm going to say, yeah, oil awesome. tanker cleaner on Mike Rowe's Dirty Job show. Well, if this doesn't work out for me, yeah. I'll know where to go. So thank you very much, Rich. I appreciate it. Those are all my quick-fire questions. You pass with flying colors, especially with the mashed potato. And uh, once again, thank you for joining me. I appreciated it. Just so everyone knows out there, we are sitting in Rich's car. That was the, the best location for sound. So look forward to the next one, whoever that is ended up being with. Thanks for listening. And can you say... Thanks for listening to High Five. Thanks for listening to High Five. And then what about thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for getting off the path, guy. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We certainly appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you have any thoughts, comments, feedback, or ideas about the content, please email us at the creatively named email address, podcast at highfiveadventure.org. That's podcast at high, H-I-G-H, five, the number five, adventure.org. Thank you so much. Thank you.